Welcome to Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. I'm your host, Crystal Andrus Morissette, founder of the SWAT Institute. Women are being called right now to help heal this world. And it's time for a radio podcast that shows the how we're going to do just that, empowering one woman at a time. Now let's get to it. Welcome, everyone. My name is Crystal Andrus Morissette, and I'm so excited to be here with you today for Chat with Crystal, Empowered Coaching Conversations. Yes, with real women from around the world, and I never know who is going to be calling in and who is going to be raising their hand for some on-the-spot coaching, but I completely and utterly love doing this. And it's really great, especially for my own coaching students or coaching graduates from the SWAT Institute, www.swatinstitute.com. We're simply woman-accredited trainers, and I always say we are the new special weapons and tactical, and we are healing the world one important woman at a time, one woman at a time. And it's so important for women to realize how much they matter, I don't think it's something that we've really been taught, um, especially, you know, when I think about growing up and I'm turning 50 in three months um, and I'm actually excited about it. I'm kickstarting myself with a, a brand new Simply Woman 12-week Body, Mind, Soul Total Transformation Program. It's actually my own book. I wrote it nearly 20 years ago and uh, it was an international bestseller that put me on the put me on the mark with Hay House. Oh, let me turn off all my... Oh, there's Jacqueline. Jacqueline, I wanted to let you know I would love to raise my hand, but I'm listening at work. Okay, Jacqueline, I'm turning off my turning off my messenger, but thank you so much for letting me know. Okay, phone's going off now too. Um, it's great to connect with you. I, I actually, just before we put us into record mode, I saw Jacqueline that had shown up here on our private conference line, and I saw her first name and said, Jacqueline, welcome to the sisterhood, because we are an empowerment coach certification. We're in 45 countries now meaning that we have clients from around the world taking our course online and uh, and it's pretty, pretty amazing. We actually have a brand new uh, Empowerment Coach certification starting September 8th. It is, uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. It's, it's, it's created to be a four month program. However, you can go at your own pace. If you wanna move through it faster, you can. Um, although I don't recommend that you need to go faster, I think it's important for you to, you know, really receive the information and to, um, to uh, you know, take it in and absorb it and to love it. And wouldn't you know, as I'm looking here at my computer, I'm actually thinking, I spent two hours trying to get myself connected this morning, and would you know I forgot to plug in my damn computer cord. So I'm going to hit pause for one second and yell out to my team here. Aaron, can you please bring me my computer cord? I, I'm not plugged in. Okay, yay, I'm back. <laughs> Alrighty, so we are going to go straight to the phone lines today because what we do on the first Friday of every month is we do some laser coaching. Uh, we just open up the phone lines and no matter who is on the line, I find out their first name only and I find out what they're calling in about. And Sometimes we don't even know why. 
Oh dear. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay, there we go. I'm now charged. Sometimes they don't even know why they're calling in. Sometimes they absolutely know why they're calling in. But in any case, I never know. And so it's always amazing to apply the empowerment coaching process to absolutely any situation that anyone is going through. And we're going to do it right now today. So I'm opening up the phone lines and I think I see Katie on the line. Katie, I'm just unmuted your line. How are you doing, Katie? I'm good. How are you? Katie, it's been a while. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. I saw your name pop up here. Um, and I thought, Katie, I used to do coaching with Katie. Katie, how are you? I'm good. I, um, I fall in the category of I'm not really sure why I'm raising my hand. I just feel like I need to. <laughs> I think it's great. Or I can't pinpoint it. Katie, I remember that giggle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I remember, Katie? I remember coaching you, and I actually shared a story about Katie in my book, Transcendent Beauty. And Katie, yes. I remember way back then, how long ago would we have been coaching? Do you know? Was that We like started, I do. I went back and looked through my email. Um, it was 2005. 2005, 15 <laughs> years ago. And Katie, do you want to yes. know? I have a, quite a memory, and I actually remember... We were doing, um, you know, what I now call it with my latest book that's come out, The Emotional Edge, we call it archetype work. Uh, we call it working with parts. And you're going to learn this because I also noticed that you've signed up to become an empowerment coach through the school. Yes. 15 years later, <laughs> yes. she has signed up to actually become I one know. of my coaches. Um, but I remember Katie coaching you way back 15 years ago and helping you to recognize that we have these sort of different voices or masks that we wear but really these voices in our head that sometimes take over and and we have these kind of sometimes ongoing continuous dialogue with ourselves and i remember saying to you and for those of you that say what is she talking about well think about it sometimes you're getting you get up in the morning and you go to your cupboard and you're thinking about you know what should I wear today you put something on you have a conversation with yourself oh you look awful oh you look terrible you shouldn't be wearing that or you might have the really good voice that says god girl you are gorgeous but in Katie's case <laughs> Katie had this nagging voice or thought in her head that was what was it again Katie you're never gonna get married oh my gosh. No one's ever going to want you. Yeah. You're going to be an old lady with your hair and curlers and a ragged house coat yeah. on. Yes. Katie, I have not named her. I can't remember what I named her. Oh, my her God. Right I now. have the book here. I actually have to. Let me reach away from my mic for a second. Let me find my book. Let me grab it. Hold on. I'm actually grabbing my book, Transcendent Beauty. <laughs> Okay, Transcendent Beauty by Hay House Publishing, and let me go. I'm 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 scrolling through, scrolling through. Where was it? Katie, 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 Katie. Oh, I should have uh, the voice of the ego. Okay, here we go. Um, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it as we're talking. But Katie, I remember you saying, "I'm just so afraid." But Katie, are you married? I'm married, yes, for 10 years. Look at that. And Look at next that. Next week. <laughs> 10 years married and Katie's her big fear. Katie, did you end up ever end up having children or was it something, did you want to have children or where are you around I there? I did. I, I kind of I, I thought that might be what I brought up today. So we, 
the last 10 years we've been trying to have kids. So I got married at 35. Yeah. And um, I had like a few miscarriages mm, and just so never. Sorry. And we decided not to adopt. And yeah. then that has been in the last year. And then I just felt like I don't have any passion for anything, including my job. And mm-hmm. so I looked you up again and I was like, okay, I'm signing up for this coaching thing because. I'll learn something it'll help me and I just need a new direction and I've always loved your coaching so I just feel like it's the next step yeah absolutely well I'm so glad that you're here I'm so sorry that you've um, had those miscarriages I I've had one miscarriage and it was for me devastating because I was shocked I got pregnant in my 40s so you never know but I'm, I'm not trying to go there but I and I yeah. ended up miscarrying, and you know I was just so like, oh, this is the this is the baby I was, uh, this is the boy I was supposed to have, and then I didn't, and it was I was really devastated. So, and I already have two kids. Not yeah. that I should make a difference. So I just want to say I'm so sorry that you've gone through Thank that. It, it's it's just a gut wrenching thing for someone who wanted to have children and you weren't able to. So, you're how old now? I'm 45 now. 45, and you're still working yeah. as a nurse? What's that? Are you still working That's as a nurse? I am, yeah. Are you still working I, um, in oncology with cancer patients? I am, yes. I'm working with breast cancer patients. Breast cancer patients. Did you see that I remember that? That's 15 years ago I remember that. I, yep. I almost remember <laughs> every conversation we had. Katie, you were also writing back then, and you were... You were gonna do like a um, a Bridget Jones's um, diary kind of. Yes. Do you remember? <laughs> I do. I actually did a blog for back when blogs were a thing back in like two thousand and seven. I think they're eight. still a thing. I think they're still a thing. <laughs> they are still a thing. <laughs> they are. They are actually still a thing. <laughs> and, uh, and I just wrote like little things, like little funny stories about my dating life and and that kind of stuff. And honestly, Crystal, when I started trying to get pregnant. It took over my life yeah. just because we went through IVF and just the hormonal injections and that kind of stuff. And I just feel like I've lost myself a little bit yeah. in the yeah in that journey. Yeah. So I'm trying to like rediscover you. the parts that give me passion. Yeah. Well, listen, and, I and, and, and writing was one of them. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna help you get reacquainted to the things that that you love again. I want to help remind you of it, and it's amazing that I can remember you absolutely like we talked. A few weeks ago, so I'm not gonna. I've I've kind of got. I I have one of those brains that I can't do two things at once, so I can't scroll uh-huh. through the book looking for you at the same time as I'm talking to you. So I have now put the book down, and I'm giving you my 100% complete and utter attention. <laughs> I'm also gonna tell you, Katie, that when you start coaching, and to anyone that's on the call right now, when you're coaching, I highly recommend that you do absolutely nothing other than close your eyes or have a pen and paper and quietly take notes while you're coaching someone, there should be zero distraction. I can't even have some, I can't even have my office door open when I'm coaching in my house um, in case somebody should happen to walk by or even come near the room. I'm, I'm that thrown off. So I just want you to know that I'm, I'm 100% here for you. And there's a couple of things you said that I didn't write down that I want to write down now, which is I had a couple of miscarriages in my 30s. You got married at 35. You had a couple of miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And you said yeah. that might actually be why I'm calling in today. So I'm going to remember that you said that. 
because usually when someone tells me it could be something to do with that, they're usually right. So you had a couple of miscarriages that really, you did the eye, uh, the invertro fertilization, and the hormones uh-huh. really took you for a loop. You lost a lot of the things that you were focused on. Weren't you also running marathons or running back then too? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's gone out the window, too. So that's why I was like, yes, I'm signing up for her night. Because I have that book still, your, your first book. Well, if, if, and I was like, I'm oh, doing this again. Oh, My Simply body Woman. My mess. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and Katie, yeah. you're starting to, do we call it imbib, imbibe? Into the wine. You're getting into the wine now, and you're letting the wine be your little companion in the evenings when you're done work and you want to turn your brains off. And you know, the truth is, I coach a lot of nurses, and I'm certainly not generally speaking, but across the board, it seems like nurses are drinking more now than ever before. Their levels of stress are through the roof, and it's almost a socially acceptable, hey, let's go out and have a drink um, because we're under so much stress. Would you say that's true? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. So we're gonna talk about all those different things today and I and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I noticed that you wrote that because I said I'm doing a ninety day alcohol free challenge that I started on Monday. Yeah. And it's Friday and I'm doing great and I got my water. <laughs> Um, Funny enough, though, Katie, I was doing a, uh, I was having a private Zoom call with some of our students at the school yesterday. Um, We were just talking about business, and I brought it up, and one of the ladies, her, I saw, you have to realize, I was on Zoom, so I got to see their faces. And when I just, just very innocently and and, and excitedly said, oh, and I'm also doing a 90-day alcohol-free challenge, their faces looked very concerned, very concerned for Crystal. What do you mean? Why would Crystal be drinking? One of the ladies actually said to me, she raised her hand and said, I just don't understand. Well, what would you be drinking for? And I thought, there it is, that that shame thing that we we do to women who have a glass of wine in the evening or that, that say I have a glass of wine in the evening and those glasses, that glass of wine that used to be, you know, a glass or two on a Friday night has turned into a glass every night. Am I a fall down drunk? No, but I just thought it was so interesting that my own ladies were instantly concerned that I would need to do a 90 day. Well, I don't need to do it. It's something that I thought that would be a really great reset and get away from the sugar, get rid of the sugar fog, get rid of that wine fog. Mm-hmm. You know, Katie, I got to tell you something, something so simple that I did today and thought, is that because I haven't had a glass of wine since um, <laughs> like in four, five days? Um, but something so simple as I have this little, you know, on your kitchen sink, sometimes beside the kitchen sink, you have one of those little pumps and you can put your dish soap underneath it mm-hmm. and then you can just pump. Well, the damn, the damn little straw that goes inside the thing fell out a couple of months ago and you have to get right in under the sink and then unscrew the thing off and then fix the straw and you know, I months ago, it I was like, oh, the damn thing broke. I'm going to have to fix that. And I thought to myself today as I, I got my dish soap out from under my sink, and I thought, I cannot, let, what, why don't I just lean down there and grab that damn little plastic bottle that's way under the sink and unscrew it, fix the straw, put some dish soap on, and screw it back in. And it took me a matter of five minutes, and I thought, could that be something so simple as how your brain starts to have space for other things 
when mm-hmm. you have complete clarity. And so that's an example of something so small as, you know, sometimes we just overlook things because we're in a little bit of a funk or a little bit of a fog. And it doesn't make us bad women. It doesn't make us have a disease of alcoholism or a disease of sugar addiction or a disease of, it means we all, the best of us, the smartest of us, the kindest of us, the most um, successful of us can easily just slowly with a couple of disappointments and for your case, some miscarriages and all those hormones and the disappointment and the heartbreak and the sorrow and then working as a nurse with cancer patients and breast cancer patients and women who are dying and having mastectomies and you are carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders and you get in at the end of the day and you pour yourself a glass of wine and before you know it you're doing that five six seven days a week and you're not an alcoholic (laughs) but you realize that is the thing I look forward to at the end of the day to just try to relax and let my shoulders come down from my ears a little bit would you agree Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and especially since COVID hit, my husband and I, like, when we're done with work, it's our thing to, like, watch an old movie, have a glass of wine. But it has turned into that where it's just all I'm doing is, like, turning my brain off with it, and I'm exhausted because it messes with my sleep, even, like, a glass. Of course it does. (laughs) This this has got to stop. I was like, I need a reset, too. Yeah. um, I'm not coping the way I want to cope. Yeah. Well, and I I just love that you called in today and that we can have this really honest, authentic conversation, myself included, because I I, even yesterday talking with the ladies, I said, ladies, we can't do that. We can't have that shock look on our face when someone shares something. And that is why I do coaching without video, because because no one like could you imagine if you came on right now and you could see me and I could see you and we're talking all about Katie and then Katie's face and then Katie says well I you know I'm starting to drink a little too much wine and then you see Crystal's eyes look like a deer in headlights Katie I'm worried about you shame 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 no and that's why I think I did that so openly right on my Facebook page right on my Instagram page right on my Facebook fan page with 120,000 people Crystal's doing a 90-day cleanse so what I want to get at today is that we really want to take the stigma away from any one of the problems we have whether it's we're struggling with our weight whether we're struggling in a relationship whether we're struggling with our finances we're struggling in our marriage we're struggling getting pregnant we're struggling with wine we're struggling with our job we're struggling with our mother there is no shame there's no shame in our game and that's the number one thing that i think is so important as a coach that we try to remember that um anything can happen to anybody and and uh, really bad things happen to really good people, and really good things happen to really bad people, and um, and you know reaching out for help is is such an important step. And the truth is, it usually takes us a while of things piling up uh, for most of us, especially you as a nurse or me as a coach and best-selling author um, or successful women to actually just slip that pride in their pocket and reach out and say, 
I, I don't even know what I'm calling for, but I'm calling because I need reconnection. I need to reconnect with myself. Yeah. I need to reconnect with a woman who, who understands and gets it. So I just want to commend you for calling in today. You know you're anonymous. Not a soul knows you, even in the book. Even if everybody runs to the book right now and yeah. wants to read about Katie. <laughs> Katie, who had a, her, her alter ego was an old, not, oh no, no, mine was the nun. Yours was the old, <laughs> the old hag. I think she was a hag in a yeah. ragged house coat with curlers in her hair saying, Katie, 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 <laughs> you're never going to get married. You're going to be an old oh lady. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so where are you at That's now, Katie? Don't worry to me. <laughs> What's the voice now? What's the voice in your head now saying to you? Imagine that you could just slow everything down and you could listen to the voice. And I really can't believe my internet is deciding to skip out on me here and there. But imagine that you could <laughs> listen to the voice inside, not your higher self. Because we, we really do, if we can slow ourselves down enough and kind of cancel out all the craziness and get clear we really do have this higher place within each of us that says you know you're okay you're lovable everything's going to be okay take care of yourself properly you've got this but most of us aren't listening to that voice most of us are actually having there goes my internet again can you believe it i'm going to make sure i turn off my phone most of us have a voice that is mean harsh or judgmental and the last thing we need is to hire a coach that's going to be the same sound as our mean voice so tell me what the voice inside yeah. your head is saying to you right now she is saying um that i do not need to be ashamed of my fertility journey like i nice. it is wrought with i felt shame for a long time i was afraid to tell people how old i was having trying to have a child um, and I think I've finally just gotten to the point where I'm like, you don't need to be ashamed of when you got married and when you tried to have children. And oh, boy, boy. You are, yeah, and I should. Well, that's actually a really and, loving yeah. voice. I really love that you have a kind voice that's loving you right now. Your mother energy is no longer yeah. that mean old nag. Your mother energy now is. No. Is she's being, a, she's <laughs> being really loving and she's saying, Katie, are you crazy? Getting married at 35 is not old. Like. There's a lot of women that get married at 35 and and get mm -hmm. pregnant with no problem. And this is not yeah. your fault. So I love that you're finally talking to yourself in that way that there's no shame. Uh, this happens. And um, are you able, yeah. are you at the point yet where you're able to say, you know, sort of, have you made peace with it yet? Or are you still at the point where you're just climbing out of the shame and the blame and the sorrow and the grief? Or, and the fear. Are you past think, that? Or do you still have a bit of fear around it? I have a little bit of fear around it. I I can finally see a pregnant belly and a baby without, like, wanting to go home and cry. Yeah. That's a step in the right direction. Yeah. But I, I definitely feel like I'm ready to step into myself again, which I have not felt in the longest time. And I'm, I'm just, like... In 10 years. When I... Yeah, and I've yep. always like followed you on Facebook and everything I was like it's time I'm I'm ready to reconnect and I'm ready and just the the fact that your coaching was starting this month and you have you know you're simply woman um yeah you know following along with you I was like it's 
It was meant to be. Yes. <laughs> so, well, like, there. Reconnect with myself this way. Yes. So. so I love that, Katie. What I'm hearing you say is it's meant to be. And that's the voice yeah. of your higher self. The, the, high, the voice of our higher yeah. self, our real self, our true self, our authentic self, does say things to us like, all is as it's meant to be and all is unfolding perfectly. And yeah. you, as long as you're connected to yourself, to your truth, to your authenticity, to your self-love. And when we disconnect from that place, then we, we, di we, don't, we don't see life through those lenses. And it's completely and utterly normal and natural that if you're desperately trying to have a baby and there was desperation in that for you to have to go through I, IVF or IFV or however you say that, I'm sorry, I'm not getting it right. Um, there's gotta be a level of like, I want this so badly. I need, I want this to happen so badly. And so when it doesn't happen, there's sorrow. There's a natural sorrow. Yeah. So when you say there's a little bit of fear still, what is the fear though? Tell me the fear story that you, you might have. Um, I, I was afraid for the longest time after um, realizing that I was not gonna be a mother and that we really didn't wanna go down the path of adoption. Um, that I wouldn't really have like a purpose in life if I wasn't a mother. Mm -hmm. That because yeah. I've always wanted to be a mother, so yeah. it was really hard to look at that, and yeah. it still is. Yeah. But I'm trying to like re. That's why I'm like I can live the rest of my life, and I want to live it not bitter. Yeah. And angry. But let's stay I there. Wanna, like, just, let's stay there. Let's stay yeah. there because one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm a master at now and I'm so certain of is that we can't, we're not on Star Trek. We can't just go like, beam me up, Scotty, and then we leave sorrow and grief and, and, and all that shame and that fear and then just beam up to, I'm reconnected with myself and I'm feeling self-love again, I'm back in the game. What you're gonna learn when you start studying, excuse me, the, um, the, the Empowerment Coach certification and one of the books that we use is Power Versus Force and don't get, don't be daunted by it because what's really important is just the map of consciousness in that book. And what you learn is that, yes, we are, we're these physical beings and I know you're a nurse, so you would definitely be dealing with cells and, you know, very physical medicine is physical. It's not energetic. It's a, phys it's a physical thing. And we need that because we are cellular. We're certainly cellular beings. Um, but if we were to zoom down, past the cellular level with a microscope and keep zooming past right to the atomic level, we would see, and this is science, it's not woo-woo, it's not magic, it's not spiritual, it's very scientific, which says we're actually composed of billions of tiny little atoms. And what's mind-boggling is that those atoms are essentially empty little bundles of vibrating energy. They're just little packets, they're empty. And if you were to see it under the microscope and look at it, you'd say, wow, it is 99.999999% empty. So what's in it? It's this little bundle of energy. So we're like these energy beings. That's really what we are. And, you know, they say the medicine of the future won't even be with antibiotics and medicine. It'll be frequencies. It'll be like, oh, that, that cancer resonates at a certain frequency. And if we could, we could set something, and I'm not there, I'm not an energy medicine doctor or anything like that. But what I do know is that emotions also resonate at different frequencies. And so when we feel shame, the, the frequency of shame or the energy of shame or how it feels, it's not a good or bad, it just feels really heavy. 
it's just a really slow, imagine the energy almost being sluggish, almost barely moving, that energy inside the body. And, and it's hard to, of course we want to numb our brain because it's hard to run a marathon. It's hard to get moving. It's hard to exercise. It's hard to do things. And so that's why if someone comes to me and they have shame, I can't even imagine going, let's put a to-do list together and you're gonna fix the thing under your kitchen cou your counter, your sink right now. We're gonna get that done. We're gonna clean out your kitchen cupboards and you're gonna join and run a marathon. I would never in a million years. I would help them to recognize that you know, right now you're in one of the lowest emotional places you can be and we can't beam you up to productivity. So we gotta just climb it almost like a ladder. And we're just gonna climb mm -hmm. through the frequencies and the emotions. And some people, especially scientific nurses, doctors, they're more comfortable with just using the word emotion than energy, but it doesn't matter, it's all the same. So we'd start to just climb up through those levels of energy we'd start to climb up through the emotions and we'd say the guilt so the shame was i can't get pregnant and and i feel a sense of shame and um what's wrong with my body like what were what tell me the shame stories you told yourself back then we're going to move right through them all today and then shift you higher um yeah i was um well every time i walked through the doctor's office i was with the, um, what do they call it, geriatric mother trying to get pregnant. Oh, I was 35, good so They just automatically throw you into that um, category oh. and say, you're going to have a terrible time trying to get pregnant. Honestly, I got pregnant naturally the first month we tried, and that was the first miscarriage. And after mm -hmm. that miscarriage, I thought, there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, oh, it just wasn't meant to be. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So and you started carrying fine. a story, but here's what's interesting. The very first time you tried to get pregnant, you got pregnant. And, mm -hmm. and when you miscarried, you instantly began telling yourself a story, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong mm -hmm. with me. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. And on top of it, why the hell didn't I find this man, this husband, when I was 25 or 30? Why did I get married at 35? So there's this whole shame yeah. story right out of the, the bat. And so... That in itself, and I would never, ever in a million years say to a woman, well, that's going to make it harder to get pregnant. Um, but, and I certainly can't say it is because I think there's drug addicts that get pregnant. So let's not even go there. Um, but, but your brain told you that story. And your brain started saying, Katie, shame on you. There's your old nun. There she is, right from the book, Transcendent Beauty yeah. from 2005. From 2005, God, I want to actually find what she said to you. I'm back in the book now. But I literally remember your greatest fear, Katie, was you're never going to get married and you're never going to have kids. Mm -hmm. That was 15 years ago. Yeah. So you already had a story in your head that, that Katie, 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 get a move on. Like, you better get this figured out. And so that was already a story that's running in there. And I'm going to tell you and it's not to cause you any stress, but on some level, you still have that story. Yeah. Do you feel I that? I see it now that you just said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's your laugh of truth. Yeah. Whenever I'm coaching someone and they instantly either have tears that just spurt into their eyes out of, like they just don't even, or they just have a little laugh, just like that, um, I always say there's your laugh of truth. So deep down, Katie still carries a story that that 
um, she's got this voice in her head, even though you said, oh, the voice now says, it's not your fault, it's okay. That's, 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 I'm so relieved and happy to know you actually are at least having that dialogue inside you. That one part of you is saying, Katie, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Lots of women get married at 35 and get pregnant at 40. And yes, the, the doctor's are already doing that to you. And yes, you're walking in and they're putting you in the geriatric wristband. I mean, that for the last, I'm gonna now go back and say for 15 years, you've been carrying a fierce story that you're over the hill, it's all downhill, and if you don't get pregnant quick, it's not gonna happen for you. And again, I am not saying on any level that you created this or that your body, that you, I really, really wanna be careful and make you know that I'm not saying that, but there's a great saying by Carl Jung that what you fear, you draw near. What you fear will appear. From the great psychologist, what you fear will appear. So when we have these fear stories that are constantly on autopilot, almost just constantly running through the, the unconscious uh, tape, or the, it's not a tape anymore, what do we call it? The DVD, the, the CD player yeah. in your brain. When we have this unconscious tape that's constantly running, almost every decision we're making is in a, in a, in a, in a, in a battle against that voice. And that voice is constantly running in the background on everything you do. So it's really important, again, to get to know that voice. That's your wounded self. That's your fear self. That's, your, that's the part of you that's still, it's still running in there. So I'm going to say for 15 years at least, you've had an unconscious story that says it's too late for you. Yes. Yeah, and you just about nearly had a laugh. Yeah. Again, and you caught yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so that's I, great. I see it now. I'm like, well, I got the husband, so I got 50% of it, I guess. Yeah, but you see even that story, well, at least I'm not going to be an old, like, I, I can't believe, I can't find, I'm literally scanning through this book over and over, and I'm like, why can I not find the whole section about Katie? And her, her, her voice, <laughs> the voice in her head. I'm going to find it when we end up. Yeah. Um, but you're going to read it because we're going to be studying this book in your Environment Coach Certification. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you're yeah. going to get to read about you. I have it. And then you're going to come on and go, oh, guess what? <laughs> I still have the voice. Yes. So, so let's Ugh. get a visual on her again. Let's try to find her. And the voice is an old lady. She's, mm -hmm. your, she's your scared mother energy, and she's so scared that Katie is going to grow old and not accomplish the things that she thinks you're supposed to accomplish. Find her. See if you can connect yeah. with her. See if you can find that. Just almost imagine it's like we have these, imagine that we have these different parts of us. And you're going to learn a lot about this when you get into coaching. It's called working with parts. And when it gives women tremendous relief, to be very honest with you, tremendous relief when you start to realize that there's the real you and then we all have a wounded version of us. In fact, I've gone so far to say that we all have the real us, which is our woman energy, when Katie has made peace with that old lady. 
Um, but we all have a mother energy. We all have a part of us that's that's the mothering part of us. And we all have daughter energy. We all have this part of us that's the childlike version of us. And for some of us, it's not a little girl. It's a uh, teenage girl. For some of us, it's um, it's a warrior. For some of us, it's... But you're going to get into that work, and I don't want to distract too far away from that. But let's go back, because, Katie, that mother energy has been there behind the scenes. I'm going to bet you for 20 years. Yeah. I bet you since the time you were about 25, you started having almost this idea of who you're supposed to be. Tell me who, who she thought you were supposed to be. Tell me the version that that scared old lady that has nobody and has no children and no grandchildren and no husband and no loved ones and her greatest fear is that she's going to die alone. Tell me, see if you can find her. See if you can feel her inside of you. Yeah, I do. Okay, tell me about her. Let's... Let's, let's go into her. Tell me about. Tell me as much as you can about her. First off, uh, it, I, it. I see this. I remember this now that you bring this up. Like I still see the same image that I saw when we first started doing this, which is an older, like, lady, probably in her seventies, with gray curly hair and glasses. Yeah. And and just hunched over and angry. Yeah. Yeah. And she's hunched over. And, Angry and judgy. <laughs> and judgy, yes. yes. She's your, um, I, I, I don't mean to give it because I, I created all these emotional sub-archetypes and the emotional edge, but she's like your old Puritan. She's like, mm -hmm. she's the old part of you that is like, you just needed to get married young and have children. Mm -hmm. And then your life would have purpose. Because yeah. without a man and without children, who are you, Katie? Yeah. Who would you be? Honestly, it's, yeah. I, gosh. It's okay. I see it so clearly now. <laughs> yeah. You know what? For a long time, I actually talk about it in the book, Transcendent Beauty. My, my mother energy that I talk about in the book, she was an old lady too. And she was just so worried I wouldn't be getting into heaven. She was so worried that my blonde hair and my low-cut dress and my daughter energy, which was very sexy, was just going to send me to the burning flames of hell. She was like an old nun. And she literally, I remember when I pictured her, I was like, oh, my God, she's like this mean old nun. And she's got like long, gnarly fingers from like the hunchback of Notre Dame. But instead of being the old <laughs> priest, she's an old nun. And she's like, nah, you're a bad, bad girl. Will you drink that wine? You're bad, sin, sin, sin. So I had an old Puritan too. I had this old lady. And, yeah. and you know what I started realizing, Katie, that if you keep fighting this part of you, that's your mother energy, and she's in every one of us. And for some of us, she's not an old lady. Some of us, she is just like, she's a Stepford wife. She's perfect. She's perfect, perfect, perfect. And she expects you to be perfect, perfect, perfect. And the truth is we all have a little bit of all of these archetypes within us. And that's why archetype work is so powerful. And you're going to love it when you start learning how to do it. Because we all have sort of these different voices. And some of us are listening more to the, the other side of us, which is, who cares if you got no kids? You want to have fun. You want to be free. We, and some women listen to that voice more than anything. 
they're like, be wild, be fun, be free, travel the world, do whatever the hell you want to do, and never have kids, and never get married. And so it all, it's really interesting because every one of us have a different voice that can start to run the show. And when we let that voice take over and run the show, we have a version of us that's not our real self, not our best self, making decisions for our life, talking nonstop in our head to us, Katie, 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 you're a geriatric. <laughs> you're 35. <laughs> you were a geriatric patient at 35. Katie, 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 you know what's going to happen? You're going to be 70 years old. You're going to have gray curly hair with your glasses on hunched over, and you're going to be miserable, and you're going to be all by yourself. So let's, let's imagine that you could see her. Let's just imagine, even if you have to close your eyes, and you, you see her in your mind's eye, and she's standing in front of you, or she's sitting in a rocking chair, and she's hunched over. What is she worried about? What is she so afraid of? She's afraid of what everybody thinks of her. I remember that. Can you believe how much I remember? Yeah. I remember my clients. <laughs> I remember my, I remember you. Yeah. I remember she was so afraid what people thought of her back then, 15 yeah. years ago. She was so afraid what people were going to think of you. And what does she think people think of you? Um, right now she's saying that I'm like a sad, like, Frumpy. Those were exactly the words. Person. Frumpy. I remember yeah. Frumpy was in there. Frumpy. Frumpy. <laughs> I literally remember the word Frumpy from 15 years ago. You were like, <laughs> so you're going to be an old Frumpy old lady, and she's really worried about that. Um, what What do you think you could tell her? Imagine that she's your grandma, and you love her, and she, you know, she loves you. She's just so worried about you. She's just so worried that if you don't have children, your life isn't going to have meaning. But what if she's mm -hmm. wrong? Yes. What if she's wrong? What if she's wrong? What if having children, mm -hmm. as much as I know you dreamed about it and wanted it, but, but what if, and I, I don't mean to say this to like cause you any anxiety, I really don't, but what if you have a different path that you haven't explored. What if there's something yeah. for you that's so magnificent and so exciting and so purpose-driven that you've been focused on the wrong thing? Mm -hmm. What could that mean for you? What could that mean for her? What if you could reassure her that um, you're getting back in the game? Yeah. You're not going to be an old hunched over lady that's frumpy and got gray hair because you're going to keep dying it. And um, you, what if you could assure her, like she's just so judgmental because she's so worried about you. What do you think you could tell yeah. her? What could you tell that part I, of you? Um, I tell her, I, and I do feel this now, it's taken me this long to get here, but I feel that I can tell her that I am able to trust myself and and follow my own path that I feel guided to, which I have turned my back on for way too long. 20 years. Katie, you've turned your Did back. Did you hear me? 
to... Yeah, I heard you. And I'm saying you've turned your back okay. on yourself for what mm -hmm. I know is 20 years. Yeah. I, I literally know that for 20 years you've been seeking a path that you think you're supposed to be on. You're so certain that you're supposed to be on. Um, you know, I was so certain I was supposed to have three children. I mean, Katie, I had psychics tell me this. I had my own students would call me up and say, I just had a vision. You're having a boy. You're having a boy. So crazy when Aaron and I got together, because I was 38 when I got married with Aaron. 38. You were 35. Now, don't get me wrong. I already had two kids, but I was 38. And, you know, Aaron and I started dating, and this weird he, he texted me and said, would you ever want to have more children when we were dating? And I said, maybe. And inside I was actually like, I want one more. I want one more. But I wasn't going to sound crazy. And I said, yeah, maybe. I, I would be open to that. Like we were in love at this point. And, he's, and I said, would you? And he said, yeah, I would. And, and then I, he said, I said, well, if, if we had a boy, what would you call him? And the name that he told me was exactly the name that I had written in my journal if I ever had a boy. Oh, wow. Right? Michael James. Yeah. And, we were gonna, and I was going to call him MJ. Michael James. I was going to have Michael James. And Aaron actually texted back Michael James. Well, that was a sign, Katie. We had to get married. <laughs> and we tried for, we've been together, thir married 12 years. We tried the entire time never used birth control, not once in our entire marriage. And I'd already had two kids. We never were able to get pregnant. And at like 40, well, how old was I, 44, 45, like four or five years ago, I, I find out I'm pregnant. And I was so certain, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. I'm supposed to have, and this boy's going to be so special. Like the pressure, could you imagine if I'd actually had that little boy? You're going to save the world. You're I, I, a psychic told me this when I was 20. I was going to have this three kids, two girls and a boy, and the boy was going to be this special, special boy. And he was going to be like this, oh, my God, this boy was going to change the world. Well, then I had a miscarriage. And I just went into this deep grieving because it was almost like, how could I be so wrong? How could I be so wrong? Yeah. And how could I now be going through menopause? And I'm turning 50, and it's done. It isn't happening. And I had to like, really, it was like a mind. I don't know if I can say fuck, but mind fuck. It was a mind fuck. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine for you, if you had this thing in your head that it was all about getting married and having children, that it didn't go the way you thought it was supposed to go. And you have to yeah. grieve that. That's actually the only way to get out of it is you have to really give yourself permission to grieve the idea of who you thought you were going to be. You have to grieve the idea of who you thought and how it was going to be, and it's not. And it's not. And it's yeah. not going to be what you thought it was going to be. And, you know, one of the ways that I encourage clients to grieve, to allow us to move into the fear, to move into desire, to get angry and get back in the game, and I want to, we still have 10 minutes here, so I'm not leaving you here. Um, but one of the things, have you actually written a letter to, I know you probably haven't because it's probably the first time anyone's ever told you to do it. Could you imagine writing a letter to that old 70-year-old lady? 
inside of you and letting her know like how you feel and the pressure she's put on you and the shame she's caused you or is there anyone else you blame is there anyone else you blame do you blame your mom or dad for drilling it into your head that your your purpose in life is to get married and have kids where did you learn it from that your purpose in life was to get married oh, yeah. and have kids oh it was, it was definitely my parents i have three siblings and they all have kids and the grandkids are celebrated like they are you know the apple of my parents eye so and and dan dan's my husband we're like this like forgotten yeah couple, and that's a will. that's a big so part i definitely think it's them Say that again. So I definitely think it's, it's come from them. Yes. Like it's, I mean, it's okay. you know. Here's something that it, I, I don't know if you've ever done or anyone's ever told you to do. Can you write your parents a letter that you're never going to send to them and send it to me and really tell them how you feel and how hard this has been on you and, and their lack of understanding and the way they celebrate all the other grandkids and the the loss you've been through and the miscarriages and the pain and the pressure the pressure mm -hmm. you've been under to have children and how unfair it's been have you ever written a letter yes. to them i have i've written <clears throat> when i'm so angry i don't know how to get it out not to my parents but like other things in my life but i could totally see myself doing that I want you to do that and it's not it and listen, bubble up right now <laughs> and, and, and and listen and it is not to it is this is not a politically correct letter this is not a letter you're ever going to send feel if you need every other word to be a cuss word you write everything you feel the loss the betrayal the uh, lack of support the way you feel every time the family gets together, you feel you feel like you're less than the other siblings because you didn't have children. You feel whatever you feel, everything. And I mean, let it all out. I mean, if you feel rage, if you feel furious, if you hate their guts, but you don't really, but just in this letter you do, you just let it all out. And a lot of women won't, can't even let themselves do this. And you see, the, the thing is, if we can't move through and really access our anger, then we stay stuck that's what blame that's where we stay stuck and we don't even realize that unconsciously there's people we blame for our our sadness and our our sorrow and and this idea of who they taught us we were supposed to be and what if they're just wrong and what if katie has this glorious life ahead of her <coughs> excuse me that she's stepping into at 45 and shit is getting real. And Katie's gonna create a life that she <laughs> loves with or without children. Because Katie, here's a crazy thing. No, don't get me wrong, I got to raise kids and they are the love of my life. But holy shit, they're gone and I actually have a life again. And <laughs> holy shit, is it ever different. Like, I feel like I've been taking care of children since I was seven years old when my sister was born. I moved out at 15. I moved her in with me when I was 18. I was 18 taking care of an 11 year old, a 12 year old. I raised her. I moved in with my husband at 18 because I moved out at 15. I moved in with him at 18. 
he was like a child. He'd never, he, so I had him until, then I got, I got married at 21. Then I had kids, was pregnant at 24. I had another pregnant at 25. And all I think I did was just taking care of people, 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 people. And somehow I managed to write books and do all of this. But Katie, it was so hard. When I look back, I think, no wonder I drink wine at night now. I actually, I actually am like, I got no one coming in going, mom, what's for dinner? Mom, I need, mom, I need some money. Mom, can you drive me here? Mom, can you, and I'm not putting down kids, Katie. I'm just trying to say, like, you have an opportunity right now. Like I do at, at turning 50. And I'm doing the same thing as you. I'm saying, I got to get back in the game. Because as much as I look like I'm in the game to everybody, and I am, but you are too. You are. You've had some some real setbacks. I had setbacks with my family. I I raged against my parents in my brain and my heart for most of my life. And I'm finally making peace with the way it all is. Yeah, I wish my mother would have been the mother I so desperately needed her to be. She never was. I desperately wished my father could have been the father I needed him to be. He never was. You know, I just finally have my father back in my life after eight or nine years without contact. And it's only because I finally reached out to him because I thought, this guy's getting really old. Only to find out he just had a double lung transplant operation. And I actually have this new chance of, and he cries every time he hears from me now. It's like, Dad, you never talked to me for 10 years. I finally reached out to you and I have this new opportunity to do things differently with him. I have a mother who I haven't heard from in 14 years, and she lives an hour away. So I have my own set of things. And what I'm getting at is, is when you can actually access the anger and frustration and the rage and the, the judgment and the self-righteousness of all of these people who who so impressed upon you who you are supposed to be and tell them, like, this is what I lost out on because I tried to live my life according to what you thought I should be. That allows you to access some emotions that are so important for your greatness. Because when we can channel up those stories and the fear and the anger that's attached to all of it, and we can channel it back into ourselves, that's where all the good stuff starts happening. Like you really have to access those emotions that you've been numbing. Yeah. And that's why you drink a little wine yeah. at night. Like, yeah. That's it. There's yeah. a laugh. That's it. That's why when someone goes like, oh, yeah. she's an alcoholic. No, 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 no. She just doesn't want to feel some of those emotions that she has done everything in her power to pretend aren't there, but they're bubbling up to the surface now. Yes. And the yes, wall that you built around <laughs> your heart is crumbling. And you're finally at 45 realizing I have another 50 years left on this earth, probably. Because Katie, you're gonna live a long time. I have 50 years left and damn, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. And it's not gonna be about hormones and the pressure of being what everyone thinks I'm gonna be. I'm actually gonna step into the arena and you have a great husband who you love, who stood by you, who loves you, mm-hmm. and you and your husband are gonna get your your mojo back. 
you and your husband are going to get your mojo back and the fun back and put that stuff it's like it's it's almost like you have to just grieve the idea of like I thought this was all who I was supposed to be and I'm wrong I was wrong I tried so hard to be what everyone and I thought I was supposed to be and I'm done trying I'm I'm gonna actually be what unfolds for me with ease and joy and love yes. and it's gonna feel so good when you can let that judgy voice inside your head know listen the gig is up I ain't having kids and I'm going to be better than okay I'm not having kids and instead of saying to people that say you don't say well I and I don't even know how you say it but it, it it's there's going to come a moment where you say no we never had children and you know I know a lot of I know a lot of couples who have never had children and man they are living the good life. I look at my dear friend Colette Baron Reed. They never had kids and man she's 64 now and she looks better than she's ever looked in her whole life. She's more successful than she's ever been in her whole life. She's happier than she's ever been in her whole life and it's her and her guy. I believe it. And so we got to make peace. I knew I needed to talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. It's time to make peace with the part of you that's so judgmental. And you got to start saying to her, because here's the truth. I'd get to know her because fighting her is futile. She's part of you. She's part of me. And me being mad at my Puritan, I finally had to start seeing her. Instead of being the mean old nun with the gnarly fingers, I had to start seeing her like a little old granny that was raised, that was born in 1912, who didn't, women didn't have rights. They didn't even have the right to vote yet. They didn't, her, their whole purpose in life was to get married and have children and hope they get a man that's going to take care of them. We still have that conditioning somewhere deep inside. And I now just, like, when she comes out, well, she doesn't anymore because I've made peace with her. But for a long time, when she'd come out and go, Crystal, your hair is too blonde. Put some dark in it. And I do from time to time because I go, the women like me better when my hair is dark. But then I have to go, but God, it takes a lot of work to keep darkening this white, blonde, silver, gray hair. Um, maybe I should just let me be me. Um, but, you know, it. I have to like almost say, I put her in a little rocking chair and I put a little blanket on her knees and I get her a cup of tea and I tell her how much I love her and I thank her for being worried about me and I assure her we're getting into heaven and all is well and everything's going to be okay and I got this now. So I'm going to give you two homework assignments until we talk again. And believe me, we're going to be chit-chatting all the time now because we're back in each other's world. Your two homework assignments are going to be, one, to write your parents a letter and, t- okay. and just let it out. Let loose. If it's 15 pages long, if it's five paragraphs long, if it's one paragraph, whatever you need to let out, I want you to really let yourself go there and just talk about the pressure pain, the sorrow, the letdowns, the way you feel when you're around them, the way you feel when you're around your siblings and your 
nieces and nephews and you just want to just not even come home to these stupid family get-togethers and you're going to send yeah. that letter to me yeah. you're going to okay. email it to me privately at crystal at swaninstitute.com and no one else is going to see it okay and then you're also yeah. going to get your journal and you're going to get two different colors of pen one blue one red one black one red one black one blue whatever one purple one green it doesn't matter and one is going to be the voice of katie 45 year old wise beautiful brilliant secure confident loving on her game real self katie and you're going to ask this other part of you like you're a therapist you're a coach and you're talking with her and you're gonna ask her like when did I form you what are you so afraid of why are you so afraid if I don't have kids why are you so afraid that I'm gonna turn into this old frumpy woman and let this part of you literally talk to you like she's her own person and keep talking to her until you can become friends believe okay. me I've had to do this with my addict too, my alcoholic like girl why'd you drink the bottle of wine last night <laughs> like really and then the alcoholic goes because I my heart hurts because I'm in so much pain because I don't know how to shut the pain off and then I go oh my god why are you in so much pain and then that alcoholic says, I've been in pain since I was 12 years old. And all I ever saw was my mother and father getting drunk, fall down, lay in the gutter drunk. And I never learned any other way of coping. And then I say to her, but I got you now. I'm going to take care of us now. I have coping skills. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take us for a walk at seven o'clock instead of pouring the wine tonight. Will you come for a walk with me? And then my alcoholic says, I'll try. But after the walk, if I really want that glass of wine, I'm having it. And then the real me says, okay, but let's just start with a walk and we can talk. We can become friends. I know, I know I've, I've made you be in charge too many times when I've been really sad and you didn't know what else to do. So you drank wine. And then the alcoholic starts crying and says, I don't want to drink. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. I wish I didn't. And then I say, I love you. I got you. It's okay. You see, when you fight yourself, when you fight your little old lady or you fight your alcoholic or you fight your little inner child or you're mean to these parts of you, you never can find peace. You're in a war with yourself now. So your homework is going to be get to know okay. this part of you that's so judgmental and so worried about what people think of you and so worried that you're not going to have purpose if you don't have kids. Because let me tell you, Katie, I'm, I, I'm going to say something that's maybe going to shock women who just think having children is the be and end all. A lot of the most successful women in the world have no kids because it's really fucking hard to have kids and have yourself. Look at Oprah. Yeah. Look at Oprah. And the women that really made it, it's like how many of them have more than one? 
No, they had one and go, I can't also have an amazing career and be this kind of mother I want. It's really hard. It's really, 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 really hard. And so, you know, maybe your purpose in life was to write about how hard it was not being able to get pregnant. Maybe your purpose in life is to write those blogs that actually are still really incredibly popular that you started 10 years ago. Yes. All right, there's another laugh of truth. Yeah, you need to get back writing. Yeah. You have a great writing voice. You have, you have a lot of stories. You have a lot of experiences. You work with women who are going through the worst possible thing. Um, you have a lot inside of you. And I say, you're 45, girl, you gotta, you're just, just starting to enter the second half of your life. Like, it's going to be the best ever. So let's do a 90 day, kick the wine to the curb. Let's just start with the wine. And um, then we'll worry about sugar. <laughs> like, we'll start sugar in 14 days. But for the next 14 ways, days, do your best to just say, and when that feeling comes on, the another thing I tell myself is motion shifts emotions. So get back walking, because you're a runner. Yeah. Get back walking, and then if you can fit a little 30-second jog in there, go for it. And don't beat yourself up if you're like, I just need that glass of wine tonight. I'm doing it. There will be a moment that your brain just goes, I'm done. I'm just done. And until then, chat with your alcoholic. I know you might go, I'm not an alcoholic, Crystal. But you have an alcoholic in you. We all do. We all have all of these archetypes within us. And just sometimes a version, one of those archetypes just, just take over too much. And we got to put them all back into balance. And when all those archetypes yeah. just find their nice, healthy place, we become whole. We feel whole. We feel a sense of peace. And, and that's what my wish is for you. Oh, thank you so much. How do you feel? I feel really good. It, it always feels good just you know, pulling my head out of the sand and telling the truth to somebody. So. I know. Oh, it's so freeing. <laughs> it helps me, you know. And I I am going to do my homework and definitely send to you. And Perfect. I just so grateful that I um, I looked you up again so that mm. I can get back on path. Yeah, yeah. And just know we all, we all take detours. Every one of us, even the most successful people, I guarantee you, they have these little detours and they learn stuff along the way and then they go, oh, I don't, I, I don't know that that was the wrong, did I take the wrong fork in the road? Well, guess what? We always get a redo every day. Every day is a chance to like get her back on track. Every day is a chance to be like, okay, today's the day. And none of that was a mistake. It was all part of like I learned so much about where not to go and that's just as important as knowing where to go so mm -hmm. you're just now realizing okay I tried that I really I gave it 10 years I gave it my all and now I'm I'm yeah. detouring back back into falling back in love with Katie and Katie's dreams Katie Katie alone not Katie the mother not Katie the wife 
not Katie the daughter. Katie, and I'm, I'm going to get ready to call it, call it a day because I could just keep talking. But I want to tell you one last thing. I remember when I used to do uh-huh. retreats, and one of the things I would ask the ladies, I'd give everyone a journal, I'd say, I just want you to write down who you are. Okay? And then they'd all begin to write. Just, just write a little, like, who are you? Like, you know, I am. Tell a little bit about who you are. And then I would, when they finished, I'd say, okay, so now who you are cannot be a mother. It's not about your roles. So I don't want you to say I'm a nurse or I'm a mother or I'm a daughter or I'm a wife. No, forget all those things. Who are you? And without fail, the women start crying because women don't know who they are without being something to somebody. Yeah. So when you ask a man, he might say, I'm driven. I'm ambitious. I'm smart. I'm, I'm athletic. I'm strong. But it's shocking when you ask women who you are, they go, I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. I'm a nurse. I'm a, and I go, no, that none of those things are who you are. So the great gift in this is you actually starting to remember who you really are. Who is Katie? What makes Katie smile? Katie is funny. I'll guarantee you that. (laughs) Katie is funny. She's lighthearted. She's outgoing. She's um, kind. She's thoughtful. She's responsible. She's caring. She's, I, I could just give you the whole list of things. Katie, did you ever come to one of my retreats? Now that I'm thinking about it, you did. Yes, I did. I probably 2006 because I remember you talking about the the little lady that haunted your house yeah like okay we could just keep talking don't turn on the lights yeah okay (laughs) Margaret Hunter Margaret Hunter yeah Margaret okay Crystal has a radio show now please don't crash the lines Okay, everybody listening is like, these ladies are crazy. I thought this stuff was like scientific and real. These ladies sound really woo-woo. <laughs> but it's all part of the whole fun. So, Katie, thanks so much yeah. for calling in today. Um, if yeah, you were here, I just gave you. you the biggest, biggest, warmest sister hug. Uh, because you thank just you need so to get personal. reconnected with women who want nothing but you to be your happiest shiniest uh most amazing self and that's all i wish for you is is joy and when you're in joy and when you get back enjoying yourself you're going to know who you really are because katie is joyful yeah all right thank you crystal you're so welcome thank you everyone thank you for those who are on the line today that just we're flying the wall listening your energy is so important just having you here as support Thank you so much for calling in today. I'm going to be back on the first Friday of October. How am I talking about October? Uh, if you would like to, uh, if, you, if, you, if you have never called in before and you want to learn more about how you can get on and get some coaching with me, all you got to do is go to my school, www.swatinstitute.com, and you can learn more about Chat with Crystal. You can also learn about our Empowerment Coach certifications. Oh, gosh, there's so many amazing resources there. I have my international best-selling book, Simply Woman. You can download it for free now. I have a workout video. We're actually starting a 12-week program at no charge next week. We also have our Empowerment Coaching starting next week. We're just like, 
we are just having a whole ton of fun. So I hope that you connect with me over at the SWAT Institute. Uh, and in the meantime, just remember, empowerment equals choice. And when you think you have no choice, you disempower yourself. Have a great month. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us today on Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. Of course, my name is Crystal Andrus Morissette, and it's been my honor to spend this time with you. If you'd like to be a guest on the show to get the coaching that you need, please visit www.swatinstitute.com. And remember, empowerment equals choice. It's always up to you.